Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Dad Up is Ted Barrett. Ted is a Major League Baseball umpire. He started his professional umpire career in 1989. Ted has made a living out of historical moments behind the plate. He's the only umpire in history to call balls and strikes for two perfect games, David Cones in 1999 and Matt Cain in 2012. He has also been a field umpire for a third perfect game. In addition to that, he called Greg Maddox's 300th career win and worked the Chicago Cubs' first National League clinching win in more than 70 years. In addition to this, he has had the honor of working four World Series, the 2007 Boston Red Sox sweep, the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals comeback, the 2014 San Francisco Giants victory, and the 2018 Red Sox-Dodgers series. Outside of baseball, Ted is an ordained minister with a PhD in theology from Trinity Seminary College. He is also the co-founder of Calling for Christ, a ministry serving pro baseball umpires. He is a man living for Jesus. He has a passion for loving Jesus and following the word. Ted is a proud dad and now has three grown children. He and his wife of 31 years now have five grandkids with one on the way. Clearly, Ted has a lot of experience as a dad in our conversation. He shares his experiences and wisdom on fatherhood. He is a dad that is not afraid to admit when he was wrong, and he shares a lot of examples on what it takes to be a great father to our kids. Please welcome Ted Barrett to Dad Up. Ted, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. I appreciate it. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to this conversation. And um, if you could, for my listeners who don't know who you are, if you could tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, what you do, and also how many kids and I guess now grandkids you have. Yeah. Hey, first of all, thanks for uh, having me on. And uh, my name is Ted Barrett. I'm a major league umpire. I've uh, been a professional umpire since 1989, and I'm currently in my 24th season in the major leagues. And uh, I have my wife, Tina. Uh, we've been married for 31 years now. And uh, I have a son named Andrew, a daughter named Amanda, and a son named Adam. And um, I also have five grandkids with another one on the way. So is that, uh, we are now um, empty nesters, but uh, we, our grandkids all live close to us, and they're over all the time in Grandma and Grandpa's pool. Cool. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm soon to be an empty nester. My, I have two boys, and uh, my oldest is 21. He's in college. He goes to Grand Canyon University. And, oh, yeah, um, down the road. Yeah, and uh, my younger son's uh, 18. He's um, he's getting ready to graduate high school here, and uh, he'll be playing basketball for uh, Hope International University in the, in the fall. So, um, so once oh, he's fantastic. gone, yeah, once he's gone, and and my older son's gone back to school. If it happens, <laughs> all that's going on, um, right. then yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be empty nesters uh, as well. So, well, that's cool. Uh, so you've been in the major leagues as an umpire for 24 years. Um, rewarding, I would assume. You've been there that long. Yeah, you know, I had my first uh, major league game in 1994, and I filled in for um, vacations and injuries before I got hired full time. And, uh, yeah, it's been a rewarding career. So uh, I've had a lot of neat experiences, been a, be a part of a lot of great games. And uh, in 2018, uh, I was honored with being the crew chief for uh, both the All-Star Game and the World Series. So that's kind of the pinnacle of an umpire's career. And um, so, yes, I've been very blessed with um, 
with a with a great career, and it's been cool just watching. Uh, now I'm in uh, umpiring guys, uh, kids that I umpired in the right. major leagues. Uh, now I'm umpiring their sons, and there's quite a few of them, which is uh, kind of cool. That's cool. So you umpired the um, Red Sox Padres uh, World Series. Yes, and um, I had the um, well, either fortunate or unfortunate, depends how you look at it. I was behind the plate for game three, which went 18 innings and uh, seven and a half hours. So that, that's definitely a memorable game. Right. Uh, my son is a huge Red Sox fan, and I had the uh, I, I was able to uh, get the money together, and uh, first time in my life that I had been to a World Series, and I was able to take him. Uh, since they were in LA, um, I was able to take him. So he and I were at one of those games in LA. Oh wow! So you weren't at the seven and a half hour game then? Were you? No, no, no. We were. Uh... <laughs> Go ahead. No, you would have got your money's worth if you were at that one. But uh... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you were. You're probably one of the three or four hour ones. Those are long enough. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's cool. Well, uh, congratulations on that career. Do you? Uh... You have any plans for retiring anytime soon, or? Yeah, I'm just kind of uh, wait, taking it year by year. Definitely this year, um, and I plan on going, um, you know, another year after that, or maybe another one after that. I, I don't know. I kind of listen to God for direction, and uh, but I'm ready. I'm I'm getting there. Um, yeah. And uh, so it, it, I'm getting close to the end, and I'm I'm learning to appreciate. Uh, um, every day that comes here, so I get close to the end of my career, uh, and and there's things I want to do after um, my umpiring career. So I'm excited about right. that as well. Right now, you have a you have a, a degree. Is it a doctorate in, in theology, or? Yes, I have my PhD in theology from uh, Trinity uh, Theological Seminary, and um, you know I I got my uh, bachelor's degree. From Cal State Hayward, uh, I played football there and, and um, got my uh, degree in kinesiology and um, got went to the minor leagues and started umpiring. And I felt a call toward ministry. And um, we started an umpire ministry called Calling for Christ. But I knew that I really had no idea what I was doing. I knew I had to get some education. And so started pursuing my master's degree with distance learning as I was on the road. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I did not like school when I was in high school and throughout my uh, years of college. Um, I loved playing sports, but I wasn't crazy about school. But uh, I, after sitting out a few years academically and then coming back to my master's, I really enjoyed it, especially uh, studying God's word and learning about that. So I just kept going um, to get my uh, to get my doctorate. And um, yeah, so in 2013, I earned that. And um, I, I guess I think I've been um, sitting around long enough now, and I think it's time to start working on another one. Right. Well, that's cool. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um. All right. Well, segueing into kind of your dad role and now your granddad role. You know, what do you what do you enjoy? What did you enjoy most about being a dad and now a grand a granddad? Well, you know, it was really cool um, for me uh, as my kids were young being a part of all their activities and, and just like, um, you know, uh, sports is a big part of our lives. And so just, uh, helping them coaching the kids in different sports, basketball and, and, uh, you know, uh, boxing, I had a boxing background. So my boys participated in that tagging along to the gym with me, things we could do together, just playing catch. And I always enjoyed teaching them. Um, 
the finer points of the game and uh, things that I had learned. And then as they got older, one of the challenges that I had uh, being a dad is being on the road constantly. You know, the major league season is a grind. Uh, we start spring training in March and we go all the way to uh, into the World Series into almost November at times. So um, I'm not there a lot of times and I miss a lot of things. I missed a lot of ball games. I've missed uh, you know recitals and plays and, and and things like that. Things happening at school. So that's one of the disadvantages that my kids had is, is their dad being gone for long periods. One of the advantages is some of the experiences we've had together them coming to ballgames, them coming to World Series. Uh, and one thing that I really treasured as they got a little bit older where they could travel um, was spending that one-on-one time with them in cities. And they'd come out for, uh, you know, a three-game series and they'd, I'd let them pick a city uh, and they'd come out and, and uh, just be with me through my uh, the entire time as we did ball games and um, you know then during our downtime we're able to explore the city and but that was a rich time of just uh, one-on-one hang time if I could give my individual attention to that to that kid and then also the family experiences that we had when, when they would come to town we've been to every zoo in every major city uh, we enjoyed zoos um, and uh, just I think so. I, I think my kids have the advantage. They are well traveled. Um, they've seen a lot of the uh, sites, um, you know, uh, in different cities. And um, so that's one of the advantages they had. And so you weigh the good and the bad. Um, and, and I think uh, I think the good outweighs the bad in uh, with the experience they had growing up. Well, that's cool. So they've been all over the place with you. That's awesome. Yeah, one-on-one time is yeah. important. It's something that I felt that I cherished as well with my kids growing up uh you know i wanted to be a part of their life as much as possible in everything that they did and and i had the honor of um, coaching and my my youngest son played baseball up until uh through high school um and uh i had the privilege of coaching uh, not only uh his baseball teams but also um he played they both played basketball and i coached since they were four years old all the way up and up, up through high school. I, I just, uh, like I said, my younger son's a senior and he just finished his basketball season at, um, at the school a few months ago. And I've been the assistant coach on his team for the last couple of years. So, um, so it's something that I cherish and, and, uh, it's just a one-on-one time and, and just being involved and, and active with them. And it's something they'll remember forever. So your kids will as well. Yeah, and that, and what a great experience uh, that is for you guys to, to share together, because uh, as you know, um, especially at the high school level, a basketball season is so time consuming mm-hmm. uh, with all the hours of practice and the uh, the games and the bus trips to games and and um, to be able to share that with your son, uh, mm-hmm. what a blessing that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll take it a step further, Ted. I um. You know, we had practices every night. We had two games a week. Um, sometimes we were in tournaments on the weekend. We were traveling. You know, in the summertime, we had summer ball, so we were traveling to different cities. We went to Vegas a couple times for different tournaments. But um, this uh, two seasons, not this past season, but the season before, the uh, basketball season before, we um, made it to CIF um, playoffs, and we made it all the way to the CIF championship game. It was the first time in the school's 100-year history that a uh, a sports team had made it to the championship game, 
And not only that, Ted, but we won. So we won a CIF championship and I was the assistant coach and he was one of the players on the team, starting player on the team. And um, so we have rings now uh, that we'll have forever. And um, it's, it's just a, it's, it's just so cool to be able to share that with him. Yes, that's fantastic. And, and also you think about this, he got to see you um, in so many different situations, pressure pack situations, um, watched you as you prepared for games, helped, uh, the team prepare for games, um, sharing in the joys of the wins and the sorrow of the losses. I think that is um, that is unbelievable um, memories and time and, and things that will stick with him as he grows into manhood and becomes a man. So uh, that is time well invested. I know what a time commitment that must have been. I know yeah. if you were paid anything, it was probably went right back into the program. Right. So I just commend you for, for pouring your time into that. And that's, that's really um, what we need, I think, in this country. So many kids growing up without dads in the home and without dads being a part of it. And uh, you chose to take your time and invest that into not just your son, but um, all those other kids that were around him. And uh, right. I just commend you for that. Well, thank you, Ted. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And it's one of the reasons why I do the show. You know, my kids are grown now. Um, and I'm still involved in their lives, obviously, but I wanted to try to find something to get a way that I could give back and, and try to help other dads to achieve the, um, the experiences and, and have the memories that I've had. Um, and it's, it's one of the reasons why I do this show. So. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And, you know, that's, I think that's a big, um, you know, it's a big problem now in our country with, right. um, kids just not having dads and, you know, you, and, Physically, um, you, know, you may not be a, a father, but um, like you, you were a, a dad figure to a lot of those boys on that team right. that maybe didn't have dad. And um, that's that's how we develop men. And um, I think, uh, so I commend you too for doing this show because uh, I was talking to my uh, son last night. It's been one of my joys is watching them now as they parent. And um, I, I try to tell them, hey, this is where I think I made mistakes. Um, you might want to watch out for that. This is what I think I did well. You know, and, and as you know, when your when your son was born, nobody handed you the owner's manual. Um, and so, uh, you know, we try to raise our kids um, based on a lot, how we were raised. Right. And sometimes, and, and that's good when you when you take those good things uh, that you were raised, take from your mom and dad. Um, and incorporate that into your parenthood, but then you also pass on a lot of the bad things. And um, so, I try to help my my kids um, be conscious of that. You know, it's interesting too. Um, for me, having boys like you do, I could relate to them. Like um, when they were when your son's getting ready for a basketball game, you remember what it was like when you were in high school getting ready to compete, right? Uh, you know, I, I knew what they were feeling um uh, yeah i could reflect on that having a daughter yeah it was that was a challenge for me because i had no idea what it was like to be uh what an eighth grade girl um right you know navigate junior high and all that stuff or you know to to have a date or um you know to deal with uh female issues that and i'd have to yield to my wife on a lot of that but um i think it could be a challenge for dad to to uh as they're raising their daughters, but what a great relationship that is. Um, right. And 
and a lot of pressure because your daughter's going to look at, look for a man, um, like you. And, um, if you're doing it right, that's great. If you're, if you're not, she's going to end up with, uh, someone, uh, less than desirable. So, um, you know, there's this, there's this pressure to do things right, but at the same token, um, you know, we, uh, we just do the best we can and, and, um, try to learn from our mistakes. And, um, I think that's gone a long way for me too, even as I talk to my grown children to go back and own some of my mistakes. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, maybe I was a little bit, uh, too hard here on you, or, you know, maybe at times I got a little bit, uh, I lost my cool and my temper and that can be damaging toward young kids. Um, so I'm not afraid to go back and apologize and say, Hey, I blew it in that situation. I'm sorry. I hope you forgive me. And I hope, uh, you don't make the same mistakes. Um, and, uh, you know, the kids are, they're forgiving. They've got a lot of grace in that. And, uh, and I could say I had great parents. So I learned a lot from them. Um, growing up, I grew up, there was, uh, myself and my three brothers. Mm-hmm. And we had a big St. Bernard. And, uh, so we were <laughs> in a small house and there was a lot of testosterone there. My poor mom. And we always had, uh, my parents were the type of people always taking in, uh, strays, um, as far as like, um, having other guys live with us that maybe their home situation wasn't very good. There was always another room at the table or, or a place to crash. So, um, you know, I, I, we try to do that the same with us and be generous and giving with what God's given to us just to share it. Well, that's cool. Now you, you had talked about, you'd mentioned that, uh, you know, you kind of give your opinions or, or tell your own, your grown kids, um, you know, this is, this is what you should watch out for. This is, you know, these are the mistakes I made with you. Do you, do you find as a granddad now, as a, as a grandparent, do you find your parenting style has changed at all when you talk to your, when you, when you interact with your grandkids? Oh, big time. Yeah. You know, uh, my, uh, have a six year old now who was playing t-ball, um, a couple of years ago. He started out at four, uh, playing t-ball and, um, you know, he's out there picking dandelions and, uh, and he came over and sat on my lap and it was his turn to bat. And he said, I don't want to bat right now. And my son said, you know, get up there, uh, get your bat and get up there. And I said, it's all right. If he doesn't want to bat, he can just stay here. And, and my son said, excuse me, who are you? Uh, because, uh, I would have been, you know, dragging him up there and say, get up and bat. Um, right. yeah, I was, a I was a taskmaster as a coach, you know, it was do it well, do it right. Do it perfection, work hard in practice. Um, and now with my grandson, I'm saying, Hey, let's just have fun and play catch. And, uh, so my kids are looking at me going, okay, you're not the same guy. Um, because I think I took uh youth sports, especially five, six, seven years old, way too serious, but you know, it was my, uh, I wanted them to be excellent at what they did. And I wanted to instill a hard, a work ethic of hard work, but, um, you know, getting some age and some wisdom and being involved in professional sports. Um, you know, I think, uh, we were taking, um, seven and eight year old, uh, basketball and coach pitch way too seriously. Uh, uh it's funny that you say that. I, I, it's one of the reasons, it's another reason why I got into coaching. Um, because I saw a lot of the coaches, uh, at different, at different, uh, fields or courts that, coached with that mentality it's like it's like win at all cost and I wasn't about that I wanted the kids to grow develop and I wanted them to work hard and I wanted them to win I was very competitive don't get me wrong 
But at the same time, right. it wasn't a lot about the wins or losses. It was about how they grow as a person and a, and a, and a young person and a young, you know, teenager. Um, and so it was, it was also one of the reasons why I got into coaching. I wanted to kind of, kind of change the way, um, a lot of coaches interact with their players. And it's something that we still talk about to this day as coaches. Um, I, I, I'm a part of a, uh, fellow Christians of athletes, uh, men's group that, um, we, we meet every week on Zoom now. We meet every week and we talk about, um, our coaching and, and different aspects and things that we've taken from our coaching and how we try to implement them with our kids and also, um, our goals for our, our players. And, um, so it's, it's, it's hard to see coaches out there that, that have this win at all cost mentality and it's, they're, they're not teaching the right lessons to kids and it's just going to make them um, become more distant and, so that's good that you've had that experience and corrected it as as you got older with your as a granddad. <laughs> I, I can see where your son's coming from, though. I can see where like, no, you need to get yeah. up there and back. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, um, I, I commend you for that and for you guys getting together. What a great thing to be in community uh, and sharing that, having the right priorities. Because, like you said, you coach, you want to be excellent, you want to win uh, because you want to have fun, and then winning is having fun. Right. So that win at all costs, uh, that, that it's amazing as I reflect on all the sports I've played and all the coaches I've had, the influence they were on my life. Um, especially, you know, and that's one great thing about sports is it teaches you how to handle uh, the disappointments. It teaches you how to, to work hard and be successful. It teaches you that, um, you know, some things are out of your control. So you just prepare and do the best you can teamwork, everything that, that you instill in the, in your high school players. Um, but having said that, it can really, we can really mess kids up too. Uh, we can turn them off to sports by, by putting too much pressure on them. We can, um, you know, I think there's a, with the travel ball that happens in baseball that I see, especially here in Arizona, you know, it's, it's 365 days a year, just like, um, and it's taken away priorities. You know, there's weekend tournaments and travel and, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we're not gathering in church on Sundays. Um, and, uh, it's taken away the priorities of that. Um, and, and, and then the, uh, the travel ball has become central in the family where now the brothers mm-hmm. and sisters have to, they're forced to travel with the parents and the, and the child that's playing. And um, it just gets way too uh, serious and over the top, I think. And it can, it can really uh, throw a monkey wrench into the family dynamics. And, and then um, I see players get to the major leagues who have been a part of this, this travel ball system the whole, the whole time. And, um, you know, it becomes where everything's about them. And, uh, there's a sense of entitlement. And now as umpires, we're dealing with that a lot of times. And, and listen, I'm not, uh, bagging on travel ball. I think it's great that kids get out there and get competitive, but it takes the mom and dad to keep that in perspective of, of what it's all about. Um, and, uh, I think there's families that do that really well. And I think there's families that are missing the mark on that as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And, you know, uh, part of the, all the coaching that I've done and, and the travel ball that I've been associated with, whether through baseball or basketball, um, it, when I had to uh, enroll in a tournament for our team um, or my coach, you know, if I was an assistant coach, if the head coach did, we always tried to look for just one tournament a weekend. Uh, you see a lot of these tournaments that go on weekend after weekend after weekend. And I have a lot of 
you know, friends that had kids in travel ball that were constantly at the field or the court every weekend. And uh, we, you know, I've always tried to keep the mindset, look, we got to keep um, family time for family time and then sports is sports. So I always tried to focus on just one tournament a month. And um, if that tournament was on a weekend, great. If it was during the week, that was fine too. But just one tournament a month was enough to keep them active and involved and love the sport um, while still maintaining the family, um, you know, the family being able to have their own free time. Yes, and that's so important. And and I'll throw a little different twist on this now as an umpire. Um, I see families getting um, so involved in in travel ball and things like that that, and they're paying a lot of money. And so there's a sense of entitlement that we want top notch officials at at our tournaments. And there's just a serious shortage of officials in our country because the way officials are treated, the way they're berated, the way they are, um, you know, nobody wants to do it. So what I love to do is take young kids, like, like kids, like your, your son's age and, um, train them a little bit, get them out on the field and, um, you know, let them umpire, let them see what it's like, let them make a little bit of money. Uh, but parents will just be, uh, merciless on them. And, um, it's driving, uh, young men and women away from wanting to do the job. Uh, so I would just remind people um, that, uh, you know, part of their parenting also is the way they behave toward officials, toward umpires, toward referees, in whatever sport you're doing. Your mm-hmm. kids are watching you as you model how you respond to authority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can you respectfully disagree? Can you, um, you know, or are you just, uh, you know, I think I know a lot of very, Sane, very godly people that when it comes to their kids, that <laughs> they just lose their minds um, yeah. on umpires, on referees. And, you know, I think that's just a matter of losing perspective. And I think sometimes they forget that referee, umpire is a person. And also, there's a lot of people watching me now. You know, if you sit there and yell at a referee, um, when your son starts coaching, he's going to do that. But yeah. if you're handling, if you're handling it right, uh, then when he gets in that position, he's going to handle it right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Your kids are watching. Uh, they're always watching, regardless of the age, whether they're 4 or 14 or 24. They're always watching. My son's 21, and he's still watching. So uh, we, have to be, we have to be the model that, that we want our kids to be. And, um, yeah, interacting with, with officials. Look, you, you guys have a tough job. Uh, you guys have a tough, tough job. And one of the things that I've always taught my players is, look, if there's a problem with, a, with an official's call or something that happens on the court or on the field, you do not interact. You allow the coaches to interact. And the hard part is telling parents that they need to maintain their cool and uh, just be spectators and cheerleaders for their kids and not get so caught up in all the officiating. Um, so yes. you, you've got a tough job, brother. But uh, I'm, I'm well, glad you. I'm glad you're loving it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, in the major leagues, it's not as bad because you know this, you have forty, fifty thousand people in the stands. You really don't hear the the individuals uh, as much as we did in the minor leagues. Or yeah. you know, as I went and watched my son play high school baseball, um, where you can hear everything. It, it got really hard to. It you know it, it was tough to enjoy the game when when everybody's just screaming at the umpire or screaming at the coach um, because their their child should be the one um, 
you know, pitching or playing shortstop and he's sitting on the bench. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm sure you dealt with that as well. And that's, oh, yeah. that's another thing I would say to parents, you know, you're, I love what you said. You're there to support cheerlead. Um, and, um, you know, you're not there to, to gossip or second guess, uh, what the coach is doing. And, uh, you're not there to criticize the umpires. Um, everybody's entitled to their opinion. This is America. But, um, you know, let's, let's be sane about it and, uh, let's remember why we're out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you got time to, to yell at a, yell at a umpire or, or a ref, uh, then maybe you have time to coach. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now you had mentioned to me that, uh, that your son is now, um, umpiring. Is that, is that true? Yeah. So my oldest son, Andrew, um, uh, he is uh, a minor league umpire. He was in the Texas League last year, and um, when we get back going again here, he'll either be in the Texas League or or um, he'll be promoted to uh, AAA soon. And um, so it's something that uh, he got. He started umpiring when he was a teenager, and um, you know both my boys did. He wanted to go to umpire school. When after he graduated high school, and and I wanted to either go to college, get his degree, or go in the military, so he chose he chose the Air Force, and he went in for four years. And when he got oh, out, cool. yeah, he decided to go to umpire school. Now his younger brother, um, my son Adam, he he went into the Army and um, was on a tank crew, and uh, he thought about umpire school, but when he got back, he decided uh, he decided not to. Um, it's not, it's not something I encouraged or discouraged. I just kind of, uh, laid it out to them what the realities are. And, um, you know, uh, if he traveled around with me in the big league, going to major league locker rooms and stadiums and, um, the way we, uh, are treated very well in the major leagues with, um, I told him this is not reality. Uh, the minor leagues are not like this. You're going to be long drives in cars and uh, you know, away from home for extended periods, and so um, he's living the uh, the life that I lived as a young man, as a minor league umpire, and um, with a young family, he's trying to navigate that. Uh, the pay is very poor, um, and he's gone for long periods. So uh, again, I didn't I didn't um, push him toward that, and he kind of gravitated toward that on his own and uh i didn't discourage it um i just told him uh, whatever decision he made i'd support it and uh so but i'm proud he does he does a good job he will uh we'll see we'll see where god takes him on that road well that's cool well maybe one of these days i'll be able to uh you guys will have the opportunity to uh officiate a game together yeah we were fortunate last year um last spring training or the spring training before this one uh, we, we were able to umpire a, a major league game together. Uh, and then, uh, this year, uh, in spring training, we were able to do a game together as well. So cool. it's been cool. And maybe, maybe one day, uh, we'll be able to do a, a major league regular season game together. If, if I'm still around and, uh, and he's there, uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Both your boys went in the military. I was in the Marine Corps myself. I spent four years in the Marines, um, and then uh, kind of got out and wanted to wanted to get into the corporate world a little bit and got my degree and all that stuff. Um, I tried to encourage my boys to to go into the military just just for the discipline side and and also to to help them with you know paying for college and all that stuff. 
Uh, neither one of them had an interest in doing that. They just wanted to go straight into college, and that's fine. Um, but um, my older son, he kind of wants to get into some sort of um, business ownership himself. He wants to be an entrepreneur, so uh, he's kind of leaning that route. He's got a his, his major is in um, entrepreneurial studies, so he's going to get have an entrepreneurial degree uh, when he's done here in December. And then my younger son, he actually wants to get into kinesiology. So he's going to, like I said, he's going to be playing basketball for the, the school and then uh, getting a kinesiology degree. And, and where that takes him, I'm not sure yet, but um, maybe a yeah. vampire, who knows? <laughs> sure. Well, we'd be happy to help him out. We need good men. Uh, but I wanted to say uh, thank you for your service. And uh, Yeah, thank you. you know, and, I, and I think that's, that's another thing that uh, we, we had been talking about is, um, with young men that are maybe lacking direction and focus, you know, your, your boys sound like they have an idea of what they want to do. And so many kids, they don't when they graduate high school mm-hmm. and they just kind of flounder as they go around. And I think, I think going into service is a great way to get some direction. And, and, um, um, you know, they, I know you came out of the Marine Corps man, so right. uh, that right. helps them. And, and, uh, right. um, and that's along those same lines. Uh, we we uh, also look for, especially Marines. We try to recruit them into umpiring uh, because <laughs> I know I forget the way you got yelled at by a drill sergeant. Um, a manager yelling at you is not going to bother you at all. Right, right. You get a little bit of a thick skin, so you're kind of used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, now, you know, what do you? Here's a question that's going to throw you way back. Uh, what do you wish you knew before you had kids that you know now? Oh, I'll tell you. You know what it was like when kids were born. Everybody said, this is going to go so fast. Enjoy it. Well, you know, the kids are little. They're in, they're in diapers. And they are in, uh, you know, um, you're, there was times just like I'm sure you were when the wife had to go wherever it was to work to the store. And you're you're in charge and you're just like, I don't know if I can handle this, uh, right. but I swear I blinked my eye and, um, you know, I'm walking my daughter down the aisle. And right. so I tell everybody that's uh, about to be a parent or is a new parent, try to enjoy every part of it, the good times, the bad times, because it will go in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And just like you, right, your son's a senior in high school and you must be looking at it like, when did this happen? He was just born. Right. And, um, I try to tell people that. So, you know, during the bad times when you're pulling your hair out, when they're, you know, when they're throwing up and they're, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't uh, keep anything clean and, um, and you're just saying, my life is terrible. Try to enjoy that, uh, because it's not going to be here very long. Um, yeah. and also I would say, you know, because you're at such a limited time, um, I would say put aside, um, the interest, the time things that you want to do to make a priority for them. And uh, that's mm-hmm. one thing that my dad was at with every game he could be. Um, you know, he had to work, but but uh, he'd get off early for football games. He would, you know, take a two-hour drive to go see a game. And, and that meant a lot to me. So mm-hmm. I was always trying to do that for my kids. And and uh, obviously couldn't all the time for work, but, but when I could, I was there. The other thing I would say is, <laughs> is, um, Love covers a multitude of sins. So everybody, you know, they, you love your kids, but sometimes that love is also tough love. It's uh, stepping in and, and uh, disciplining you. And my wife and I always said, Hey, we're a team. 
So we get on the same page. When there's discipline, we're on the same page. When there's, um, you know, when you ask for permission, uh, mom says no, you don't go to dad, and he says yes, uh, so you're on the same page, um, which takes communication with your with your spouse. And, um, you know, you're a team as you raise together. And, uh, you know, being unified uh, gives the kids a clear message. So, uh, you know, and for me, being away a lot and then coming home, it was tough to not be the disciplinarian. But my wife and I found a found a way to do that together. And now having grandkids, uh, being on the road, FaceTime is so wonderful. I didn't have that when the kids were little. Right. Uh, you know, it was phone calls. Uh, but FaceTime so good now because uh, you could actually sit and talk to someone, uh, be, be a thousand miles away, and you can talk with your son man to man. And I think that's right. that's really cool. And um, so to answer your question, you know, um, I would say enjoy every minute of it because it will fly by. Yeah, you're right. I, uh, you know, we're we're trying to figure out how they're going to run the run the high school graduation or if they're going to do it through, through zoom or whatnot, uh, just because of everything that's going on. Um, but it's funny. We were just talking my wife and I were just talking about the other day, how, you know, my son, I can remember dropping him off, uh, his freshman year of high school. And I knew the years were going to go by fast because I just had an older son that was, you know, he was at the time approaching his, he was in a senior year of high school. So I knew it was going to go by fast, but, it is amazing how fast it goes and just thinking about when they were, when they were just toddlers uh, and now they're, they're grown men. And it's amazing. I, I just, I, I get kind of nervous about how fast this next phase of their life is going to go. Uh, just as they're young, young men getting ready to start their lives and what their future holds and what kind of things they are going to be doing and what kind of family they're going to have. And I, I think about those things often and I, and I pray to God that, you know, that I've done the best I can. My wife and I have both done the best that we can to, uh, to make sure that they have uh, a good quality life. And, um, but yeah, you're right. It's something that, that goes by fast and you just have to enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. And, and, um, sounds like you've done a great job. I know your boys will, you're, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be wonderful dads too when, because they've got that example to look back on. And, um, you know, I, I see a lot of young men, um, as I get older and turn into a grumpy old man, um, you know, I see kids coming out of high school and into college and, um, you know, and then maybe, uh, coming back home in their mid twenties and, you know, um, mom's cooking for them, mom's doing laundry because, because, uh, you know, she loves them and she wants to care for them. But, you know, I say you're actually doing some damage there because, you know, you get a, a kid that gets to be 29, 30. And uh, he's still living at home and mom's still doing everything for him. He's not becoming a man. Um, he's actually mm-hmm. just, you know, staying uh, an adolescent. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it's, it's, they've got to, they've got to learn to do things. They've, they've got to learn to do their laundry. They've got to get up in the morning and make their bed. They've got to, you know, it's so hard uh, now for, uh, you know, a young man to make it on his own and, and go out and buy a house and, you know, uh, get a job that pays well enough to do those things. And so, yeah, sometimes uh, uh, a young man has to come home and, and, and work and save some money and try to uh, figure out how to get into a house or an apartment. But I would say to the parents there, um, you know, give them responsibility. Uh, Mom, you don't have to do, 
do his uh, laundry, make his bed, and cook his meals. Um, uh, you know, you got to put some heat on him to uh, do those things for himself. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think parents can coddle young men, and um, that's not good for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we have to we have to help them mature and grow up a little bit, and some of that requires a little bit of responsibility that they take ownership in something. And if they take ownership in something, that you know that just instills that confidence in them as well. Yes, absolutely. Now, what do you uh, what do you hope your kids uh, and your grandkids now, if they were to tell me something about you, what would you hope that that they'd say about you? Um, I would hope that they that they say that uh, that I love God. Um, that's the number one thing that I try to impress on them. Um, that there's, uh, I love, I love God's word and I want to teach them that I want to expose them to that. I love telling my grandkids stories from the Bible and, um, showing them, you know, what a, what a wonderful book that is. I think the book of Proverbs, if someone, um, wants to, uh, talk about how to raise a son, I would say read the book of Proverbs. I would hope that they say that there's a guy uh, that that loved Jesus and he loved uh, people. I guess that would be uh, ultimately the um, the first thing. And then, um, you know, another thing I would say that um, I w- whatever whatever I set out to do, I set out to be excellent at it, and um, and gave it my all uh, to do that. I don't know. I, I guess uh, hopefully they wouldn't say anything bad. <laughs> uh, I, I'm certainly well, giving them uh, plenty of opportunities to do that, but hopefully they they overlook that. <laughs> well, based on what I know about you, just you know, kind of uh, meeting you for the first time here over the phone, it, it it sounds like they would say pretty good things about you, Ted. Um, so oh, I, pretty pretty I good guy. <laughs> no, I will uh, say. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was I was no, going to say no, one ahead. thing. Yeah, one thing that that uh, I did have uh, one of my children came to me and um, uh, was upset at one point as he got older and his teen years, and and he had mentioned to me that he said, "You know, Dad, I see you helping a lot of other people, um, but you don't seem to have time to help me." And uh, you know that cut me because, mm. um, and I had to own that and apologize. And so I would caution men as uh, you know we get out into the world and in our jobs and in our, our social circles and we want to help people and that's great. Uh, but don't let, um, others take time away from, uh, you know, God giving you a child. Um, and so spending all your time and energy and effort on them is, uh, you know, that's your job. And, um, so for me, I was neglecting that I was so busy getting out and, um, trying to help other people that I was neglecting who I was supposed to be helping. And, um, so just, just a word of caution for guys, um, you know, make sure, um, as you're doing good things that you're not neglecting, uh, what you're supposed to be doing. Well, you know what though, that says a lot about you and your son's, um, level of communication and respect for each other, for him to have the, the courage and, uh, the confidence and, and, uh, respect for you to be able to come to you and tell you that that says a lot about you know him as a man and also you as a dad so you guys grew up with a, a pretty good relationship and it's clear that he was he was comfortable coming to you and, and saying that to you so um so don't beat yourself too too much over it 
No, no, I, you're, you're right. And I appreciate that. And one, that is a good point, um, especially as uh, our children grow into teenagers, they have to know that uh, they have the, the open communication to come and tell you anything, uh, you know, a lot of, and they've done that. And a lot of things I, I wish I didn't hear, <laughs> but um, you know, you can't just hide your head in the sand and say, Oh, this isn't going on. Uh, and it has to be a safe place. They have to be able to come to you and, and sit down and, Hey, I've got to tell you something, you know, then, then we deal with it from there. But if you're, if you feel like your kids can't tell you everything that's going on in your life, in their lives, then, um, yeah, I, I would encourage, uh, having those tough conversations with them. Yeah. It's one thing that I've always talked to my boys, you know, my, my parents were involved in my life, but they worked so much that they couldn't, they couldn't attend to, to a lot of my activities. Um, but they were still involved in this. One thing that my dad always told me is that, look, you can come to me and talk to me about anything. And I've always tried to, I, I still to, my, to this day tell my boys that, you know, you, there's something going on, whether it's good or bad, you know, you can talk to me. And they know they can. Um, it sounds like your kids do as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's so important. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, and you look back at your parents and, um, yeah, you'd like them to be, be there more, but they were, um, you know, they were trying to provide and doing the best they can. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's commendable. Uh, yeah. but also, you know, it's, as we go in society, there's so many things we think we need to provide for the kids, but really what we need to do is, uh, be spending time with them. That's, that's the greatest gift uh, that you can give Absolutely. Them. Absolutely. Well, look, I've taken a lot of your time. Um, but, um, I had, I do have one more question for you and, and it's, um, and it's just for my own own interest, uh, just kind of off the bad topic again, uh, kind of back to your umpire role. But what uh, what's one memory you could tell me about as an umpire that, uh, whether good or bad, uh, that you that you experienced that uh, that you could share? Well, I've, I've been a part of so many great games. It's just been really cool that um, you know I've been behind the plate for two perfect games. There's only been uh, 20 some, 24, maybe 25 in the 150 years plus of, of major league baseball. There's this, so the extremely rare feat. And then, uh, you know, I'm the only umpire in history to be behind the plate for two. And, and I was on the basis for one to be a part of three, uh, is pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, so I was behind the plate for David Cohn's perfect game in 1999 and then Matt Cain in 2012. And so, that is a, a very cool uh, memory that I have. Um, and just, um, you know, the, my first major league game, but I'll say this, my first, we worked so hard to get to the world series. When we go to umpire school, you know, we talk and dream about someday getting to a world series and in 2007 and your son will be happy. You know, I was part of another Red Sox world series. Um, they uh, played the Colorado Rockies and uh, I worked home plate. For game three and I remember when the game was over um you know this is something that I had worked so hard for and it had come and I and so I thought that walking off the field that night and coming out of the locker room I thought that there would be this uh you know uh, overwhelming feeling of you know satisfaction and accomplishment and you know I don't know I just pictured it like a movie at that point the credits would roll and you know it was a happy ending, but you know, when I walked off the field, what I discovered was 
you know, there was a feeling of um, not emptiness, but like, oh, I thought I would feel different about this because here's something I chased forever and now I've achieved it. Uh, but, but what I learned was that that was something that was great and I'm proud that I did it. But, um, you know, there's really no eternal value for that. Uh, it, it, I remember, uh, I can't remember who the quote was. I wish I could off the top of my head. But, uh, they asked him, now that you've been to the mountaintop, uh, what would you say? And it was someone that had, had climbed Everest. And he said, you know, when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Um, so I think, and this ties into to fatherhood as well, we chase these things that we think have such important value, um, whether it's with our jobs, whether it's with sports, um, whatever it is, you want to achieve the highest level. When you get there, um, that's really, it's great. And you can be proud of it. But you spend all your time pouring into that. There's really no eternal value. But when you spend your time, energy, and efforts pouring into your children, pouring into young people that are not your children, pouring into your marriage, those are things that will have eternal value. And, you know, when, when you're gone, um, I've got pictures of my grandparents. Um, they're not just a picture on the wall. You know, that's a legacy that they poured into, into my parents who poured into me and I'm pouring into my children. Those are the things that are, that are important. Those are the things that are lasting world series rings, uh, accomplishments, you know, becoming a president or a CEO. Those are things uh, that have no lasting value. Uh, those are things yeah. that'll fade away and will burn up in the end. But um, the legacy that we leave our children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, that stuff that will live on forever. Um, so, so, I started preaching to you a little bit. Sorry about that. No, but, um, no that's, that's a great it. answer. No, that's a great answer. And, you know, it's something that I've, I've said many times. I said, uh, and somebody said it to me, and I can't remember who it was, but it's something that I've carried on because it t- makes total sense. And, and it's, it's, it's so great. But it, it's that, uh, you know, legacy is built inside the home, not outside. Mm, yeah. So your, your legacy that you leave for your family, that's built in the home not built outside the home so um but that's you know your answers are great i appreciate it ted well look i appreciate uh you taking the time if if somebody wanted to look you up or kind of um learn a little bit more about you uh is there somewhere they could find you um to learn a little bit yeah. more about you yeah you can go to uh ted barrett um or you can go to callingforchrist.com number one says a little bit about our ministry and there's an email contact there if they wanted to reach out. Um, I'm on Facebook, Ted Barrett, Gilbert, Arizona. And um, uh, I've kind of maxed out on friends, but my uh, daughter's helped me create a page uh, just so people can, if they wanted to get in contact. And, um, you know, if you want to reach out, uh, talk about anything, questions, happy to answer it. Uh, if you want to criticize me for a bad call, then uh, don't do that because I'll block you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sports fans are crazy, but uh, yeah. no, I, I love people and talking to people, so uh, they can reach out. Cool. cool. Well, Ted, uh, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to chat with me on Dad Up. It means a lot. Uh, it was an honor to have you on, and um, I feel like I've got a new friend, so um, I'll certainly be checking in on you and see how you're doing. And is there any plans? Have you heard any plans for them getting this baseball season started again, and will you be a part of it? Yes, we're definitely, um, you know, we're going to do everything we can uh, to get back on the field. We're, we're, uh, hoping 
We don't know what that looks like. It might be without fans. It might be in the home stadiums. It might be in spring training stadiums. There are just too many uh, variables right now. But I- I'll tell anybody that's listening, uh, Major League Baseball is doing everything they can to try to get back on the field. And when they say go, uh, the umpires will be ready. And uh, we'll be good to go. We're um, we're very optimistic. Maybe by July, we'll be in a in a stadium somewhere playing ball where fans can at least watch on TV. And um, you know, uh, I'll say this real quick: in two thousand and after nine eleven, in two thousand one, uh, when we had the tragedy in New York, um, I, I really wasn't crazy about going back to work. We had that week off that we were trying to figure out what was next. I wasn't excited about getting on a plane and I, you know, there was so much confusion and pain going on in the, in the world that I just thought maybe we should shut the season down. But as you know, Major League Baseball uh, picked back up and um, it was the right thing to do. Uh, got the country back on track. Uh, we had a great postseason and World Series that year and I, I think it helped the country heal. And um, so even though we've got to do it smart and we've got to do it with a, you know, um, being careful that we don't put anybody in danger. Uh, I think getting back out on the field and getting, uh, getting sports going again will help this country heal. So when the time comes, we'll be ready to go. Well, cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, do me a favor. I appreciate, uh, once again, I appreciate you being on the show. I really do. It means a lot. Um, and, um, I just, I wish you all the best in, in your, in your career and also in your, uh, your family and growing, growing grandkids. So, um, I wish you all the best and I really do appreciate it again, Ted, for being on the show. Well, thank you so much. And, and, uh, I know now to, uh, watch, uh, Hope College games and, and, uh, root for your son. Cool. Well, thank you. Uh, you have a blessed day. All right. You too, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Ted for talking with me on Dad Up. Ted shared that one of the most important tools we can use as a dad is the Bible. He also provided some great examples in areas that he messed up as a dad and how being a grandfather has changed the way he parents. Ted represents the Dad Up community very well. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing and talking about it. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for guests or would like to be a guest yourself, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at datappodcast, or you can email me at dataptribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thanks for listening. This is Data. Up.